Due to a shitload of swearing and some graphic conversations, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Fort Mac. Gentlemen, welcome to the YMM Podcast. I'm Todsky. I'm Tito. We have a very, very special guest at the dining room tables today. Who do we got? Stop it. <laughs> uh, You're infamous, though. We yeah. talked all about you in that... I- infamous? Uh, infamous? What did I say? Infamous. Infamous? Yeah. That's a word, isn't it? Oh, I would say I would say somewhat Fort McMurray famous, as it were. Fort McMurray famous? Yeah. Is that anything like a Fort McMurray... Is he Fort McMurray 10? I don't know what that is. You don't know what that is? No. Everyone says like when you rate girls, there's like a ten, or there's like a, there's like there's your scale of one to ten, but then you have the Fort McMurray scale of one to ten, where like a Fort McMurray nine would be like a normal six. Really? Who who invented this? It's in, it's in the code. <laughs> what code? It's in, it's in the book. The bro code. It's in the bro code. The Fort McMurray bro code. That sounds mean. It sounds like the mean kid code. <laughs> it's funny. I hear it all the time. I'm like, she's a Fort McMurray nine, and I'm like, what? Well, the first time I was like, the fuck? The, what? That's good. I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> She's a uh, so now. for those of you that are still impatient after that waiting, intro, <laughs> uh, Cody Bound, uh, writer, director, and all around cool guy, uh, friend of my brother's, which he won't mention uh-huh. on the show. But uh, yeah, no, uh, no, because Doug backlogs the man. He'll come on the show and he'll like think about all the shit that was said within like the 20 episodes that he was yeah. in between. He'd be like that fucking bound. <laughs> yeah, no, um, uh, yeah, no. Cody Bound. Uh, for those of you that attended Interplay, he uh, his was uh, the trailer for Homesick that played. That uh, I guess 2013 sometime. Yeah, and, coming soon. Yeah, and shit, I can't remember the name of your other of, Heart, of, of hearts and, and limbs. limbs. Yeah, there you go. That's just because I asked him earlier. Because I couldn't remember <laughs> yeah. it either. The uh, no kick-ass stuff and especially enjoyable because it was local. Because are you from here? Yep, born and raised. Born and raised. So when did you leave? Uh, On the playground is where he spent most of his life. Before we get into that, I just want to okay. say uh, thanks for your kind words on episode 47. Uh, mm. Around the forty-two minute mark, you can go back and take a listen to it. <laughs> everyone, everyone, go back to that. Let's put that in right before the show. Um, I really appreciate it, and you know what you guys are doing for Fort McMurray and the art scene is, is tremendous, and you guys don't get enough credit. So, I afar, I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing for this place and See keeping that? it alive. Todd, Todd's gonna use that as a soundbite now. <laughs> just stroke his ego. <laughs> just that'll be my ringtone. Yeah. All of a sudden, phone just starts vibrating. Yeah. But uh, like uh, like most very talented people from Fort Murray, essentially, uh, Cody, you are now uh, out of British Columbia. Now the I guess the the New York to Toronto's Los Angeles of Canada. Yeah, I heard it was called like the Hollywood of the North. I was like, yeah. really? Oh, I guess I guess it's the other way around. Yeah, it would be Toronto would be New York. 
and, and Vancouver, Vancouver would be, would be LA. LA because Vancouver there's a lot more productions coming out of Vancouver especially for television than out of Toronto Toronto tends to be kind of more known for their music scene nowadays and well, their low budget like horrors and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Well, everything low on lower Ontario like that's where every band comes from now like I think I looked up uh, YouTube has this cool little YouTube rewind video yeah I saw that today and like of all the can't believe Arkham Rising didn't make yeah, it yeah I know I was fucking pissed <laughs> off I would love to be no like, invite fucking <laughs> calendar man see like can't can't next dance. Standard Marvels, <laughs> but no, like uh, out of like all the bands out of like the top, how I think it was like the top ten bands of like uh, 2012. I think like six of them were Canadian. Yeah, and, like out of those six, four were from like Lower Ontario. Did July Talk make it on that list? No. Shit. Did Bieber? No, of course. And he's fucking actually, dude. How much money he made for the year? Holy shit! Did you see? Make fun of him all we want, but dude's laughing at us. When he met uh, Stephen Harper, he was like dressed like a goon. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently that was a fucking gag. I'm just like, how could it be a gag if no one knows what you're talking about? The gag is that no one really respects either of us. (laughs) (laughs) But welcome, man. Photo taken between Justin Bieber and Stephen Harper. Nobody cares. No one did because I didn't get I didn't see it until the media outlets were making fun of it. Yeah. Right? So so then Todd was like, you know what? We need better guests on this show. So he paid for Cody's flight to come back to Formery <laughs> and guest star. But uh, but yeah. these ratings. How have you been, man? Good, very good. Uh, post production's been trying. Uh, we've we've been in post for like five months now. It, mm. You know, it's going to continue. Unfortunately, we uh, we missed our screen date. It's. Uh, a few days past that now, yeah. um, but unfortunately, we're gonna have to push to 2013, and I don't know what's gonna what's gonna what it's gonna look like there because uh, of the day job and everything. Yeah, well, I mean, like it, that's kind of like the the liberating fact of the fact that you you really don't have any studio to answer to, right? So you're just kind of like, well, we'll release it. Actually, there was a really interesting fact that um, <clears throat> I looked up today. Apparently, Kickstarter has taken like this hard stance on like we don't give a fuck. About the no no because what's happened is I guess they did an investigative report on Kickstarter projects and apparently only eight percent of them uh, actually like they they come out when they're supposed to come out and it's not because it's a scam or anything it's just because art it's takes how long time. it takes yeah, yeah art it, you you don't put art on a schedule right yeah. like unless you were like I'm commissioning you to do this on a certain I'm paying day. you four million you yeah. get it out by July yeah, 14th. If, if it's something personal to the artist and they're doing it on their schedule mm. it comes out on their schedule right so but it's funny just how you said day job because I noticed like with all the work that we've ever done and I even said it to you on this latest production we're doing like jokingly but it's just funny because quite literally like we're trying to organize uh, makeup tests and we're trying to organize this and just the other day I was like fuck Tito everyone's fucking got a job and this is pissing me off and you're like, what, do you expect them just to quit their day jobs? Yeah, you gotta start paying us project? or what? <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, and it, it plays so much of a big factor because, yeah, we're doing this for the love of the art. Yeah. But we are dictated by what brings us in money, which is going to be a full-time job or, or a numerous part of well, the job. Well, I'll right? tell you right now, like the Bloody Cuts group, I, I don't have you seen their work? The, they, they just released the new one. No. Yeah, they, uh, Bloody Cuts, they've I've actually, we've, we've somewhat developed somewhat of a cool relationship with these guys. They're out of the UK, and what they do is like, I guess their whole like mandate was they were going to make 13 short films from 13 different indie directors from the UK. No one, anyone's really heard of, but the thing is, they're really well produced, and the whole thing behind it is is the fact that all of them are via Kickstarter or Indiegogo, yeah, and they're just really well done for 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 what they're. Fuck, for they're what they're incredible, doing. man! Like the production yeah. value in these but, things but the is thing unreal. Is, like that's the liberating factor of like what because they're they're not asking for like oh we want five or ten thousand. They're asking for like 
thirty, forty thousand dollars, and they're getting it yeah. because of the the caliber of what they've already supplied. I think the first two they said they were hard, but once people saw the the yeah. production out of these things, they've been having no problems. But the thing is, they have they have the the ability of the fact that like because they're asking for such high amounts and they're getting the amounts, they can take the, technically take the time off. To do the the projects, like oh, they're budgeting enough to give them yeah, enough yeah, to live exactly, on. Okay. Exactly right. So I've, I've always felt that that's kind of like a like a really seedy way of doing it. Yeah, me too. I was just thinking I, about that. I'm just like fuck. I fundraised for uh, homesick and I got eleven thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And when after they took their cut, I was left with ten thousand dollars. I mean, to, to mm-hmm. you know, take well, that's rent how out it works, of that eh? is such yeah. like a was like it would be such a slap in the face you know? yeah and especially when it's like people you know that are like exactly. donating and and the thing is like and what sucks about it is um one of the things is like afa and all this stuff they're they in their in their uh, afa is the alberta foundation for the arts um when they um when you uh, fill out their application they, they specifically tell you like well if you need allocated for 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 living expense or whatever and they're like okay well people will apply for it and stuff but the thing is they're always preferential over people that don't put that as a yeah. line item. So the the thing is, you're kind of stuck between a, hard, a rock and a hard place because you're kind of you want to ask for the amount because you're like, well, I want to work hard on this project, but yeah. at the same time, you know, it's kind of like what, uh, what increases your chances of yeah. getting the approvals, right? Well, I mean, it's kind of the big. I joke. want a fifty thousand dollar grant. But yeah, twenty five of it's going to go towards me yeah. living. Well, I mean, it, I, I'm with you, man. It doesn't sound right, even if it's on an Indiegogo. Are you are you sure Bloody Clutch does that? Because fuck, yeah, it's on their credits. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think you're. Right, and yeah, that's just it, like it, I just don't know. It doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Well, it, it's not that. It, I mean, technically, they're kind of. It, it's not very dissimilar from like a studio system where it, if you're hired by a studio, they're giving you their the money. money to produce something, and it's the same. Except of it's, instead of answering to a group of peers, you're answering to like one group of yeah, very specific board. people. But and the thing is, like, I'm, and but, but I guess the freedom of doing an Indiegogo or what have you is the fact that like. You still have control, the creative control of your project, right? Exactly, because you outline it, yeah. right? So, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a slippery line, but I don't know. Honestly, I don't know any any artists that one hundred percent live solely off of their creative work. Even if even if they have jobs using their creative talents, it's not on, on doing what they want to do. Remember, right? Cine- it's- remember Cinefest when we, when John Landis did his Q and A? Yeah, where he was like, no one gets Final Cut. He's just like, yeah, yeah. He's like, even this film that he had mostly creative control over. He's like, that's not my final cut. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously the, the person that generates the most amount of money. Yeah, is who gets the final say in the movie? They ultimately, if it comes down to an argument between you versus Fox Searchlight, yeah, they say no, I don't want that scene in there. Mm-hmm. The scene's not going in there, whether you want to or not, right? Yeah. And that's when he said your only your only hope is to try to convince him that the movie's popular enough to give you a director's cut afterwards. But like, it, 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 you, what really sucks is kind of like which uh, I would love to see a director's cut of Avengers. If you want to <laughs> well. Well, there kind of is, isn't there? Well, All those deleted, deleted scenes, scenes, yeah. But like, but like, what I was going to get is working on a level that we're not functioning at at this point. But like, the thing is, it's still a money maker for them, though, because like, I think part of it is is like maybe they don't give a fuck whether or not you have Final Cut. But the thing for them, it's like kind of a money maker in that we'll do a theatrical cut and then we'll re-release it months later with the additional footage just to make more money on the home release or whatever, right? Good so, point. It's, well, it's your, your deluxe edition. Lucas is a master of it, It's right? really fucking <laughs> pissing me off, actually, like when like your favorite movie is like, this is the definitive version, and then like another fucking criterion, a uh, fucking criterion, <laughs> man. Look at, well, look, look at Lucas. He literally sat on that fucking uh, lost scene where um, uh, Luke was building the lightsaber right in, I think it's... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like quite literally, like it's uh, fuck. I can't remember which one. It, obviously, 
say, I think it must be Jedi. But anyway, where it's like Luke, and he's like, Father, and he lights up the green saber. He sat on that for, what, 25 years? Didn't mention dick all about it. Little all of a sudden, the Blu-ray release comes out, and he's like, oh, by the way, guys, I got like a 2 well, uh, you know, Boba which Fett. is the only edition, yeah. and that's the reason why I bought it. Boba Fett's, uh, <laughs> Boba Fett's first appearance was actually part of the Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah. He was like an animated form. He won't release that one, though. Out of all nah. the shit he does, oh, he will it's, not it's fucking, a fucking release turd. it. That's why, man. It is... Like, I, 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 we watched it one, I think it was like I close to Christmas. To I was visiting a buddy of mine in Toronto, and we're watching it, and we're like, holy shit. <laughs> like, if this thing... Life day? Well, <laughs> you know what the big draw for that for that Christmas special was? It was the first ever televised preview for Empire Strikes Back. Like, that was like the big... It was Everyone like, wanted to see well, the trailer. Like, if, you, if you watch it, if you watch the, um, if you actually watch the Christmas special, throughout the special, they're like, at the end of the special, the first ever trailer for The Empire Strikes Back. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, suddenly it's like, what? Who is this black guy? <laughs> Lando Curtis. That brought in a full uh, extra few million. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, uh, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, like, <laughs> I'm just like, fuck, I really want to see, I like Lando, man, I can't believe, it. I just got right into Star Wars there. No, like, uh, I don't know, how much creative control does happen? Like, that's why the love of indie film is, like, if you want to go the studio route, yeah. how much of it are you willing to, to lose to get a wider audience or to do projects that yeah, you but would you, love to do, But right? you, you know what's also true is the fact that, like, even on an independent level, uh, even if you do have creative control, sometimes you have to make sacrifices in terms of the function of of what you have in terms of resources, right? We don't have unlimited budgets, so you're kind of like, well, I would really like to do this really awesome sequence with this and that and the other thing. And they're just like, well, I guess I'll just do a pen. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and, and you, you kind of well, – sometimes it helps because like uh, what I've noticed, it's made me a better storyteller in terms of uh, like cutting out the crap. Like, I, as, as much as I would love to pace things a lot slower, like, I've gotten better at, like, I need this, I need this, I need this, and getting to that really quickly. And also, I mean, one of the limiting factors in terms of film festivals, too, is the fact that as soon as you pass 10 minutes, yeah. it becomes a lot more stringent as to whether or not you're going to get accepted because it'll have to be something very high caliber at that point, right? That's the that's the risk that I'm going to run into with, yeah. with Homesick is it's running 19 minutes. Yeah. And with that creative control, I'm not answering to anybody but myself, and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, This is what I want to see, whether or not you guys like it or not. No, yeah. and, and, and um, I have no interest in doing any, any studio route. Um, I would prefer to you know spend my life savings all the time just to have – a story that I want to tell, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you know, my producer is hounding me about cutting like two scenes and getting you know, okay. We got to cut this scene down by like two minutes, and we got to cut this down to get it to an acceptable time yeah. because festivals, those time slots, they don't. Oh yeah, yeah. In Nineteen minutes, you can fit three shorts in there, no problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and how good is Homesick versus three other shorts? Well, yeah, and, and even if it is good, some people, it, it all depends what the program, what's in the programmer's. I mean, we we went through that this year when we were tra- programming. It was like the first year where we actually were like, holy shit, we're we gonna. Have start to cut. cut shit right yeah. it's really tough decisions because it's no, like it i actually get it when other film festivals are kind of like holy shit like it's yeah, gonna be I, and to be honest like from our standpoint as for, for that particular hat that time of year we're festival organizers and i think that's kind of a good problem to have you know what i mean it sucks yeah, but it sucks but well then again of course if we could just and here's, give and here's the other thing slots. it's like it's what's really interesting is Depending on because like it, it, it's it seems to me like there's different playing levels right there's there's a level in which like uh, I don't know if he's gonna be okay with me talking about I shouldn't be a big deal but the thing is from my experience with people at a higher level of production than than I've been at essentially when you have a product that's 
good, right? You're not the one that's defining that it's good. It's a collaboration of a lot of creative forces, right? Mm. So essentially, you've you've been hired to do your specific function for that. So in other words, if you're a director, odds are you're not the writer. Like that, you're not also the writer. It's very hard to have both those hand in hand because the idea is. From the get-go, they're kind of uh, someone has said we're going to put together this dream team, and we've got this guy that's really good at directing, this guy really good at writing, etc. And we're going to put together this product, right? So they put together the product, but then it's not even these guys that are selling the film at the film festivals. Essentially, yeah. they hire essentially an agent for the movie, a PR team, and this person, this PR team or this agent, essentially already has contacts within certain film festivals that have influence. And he's got okay. Well, you got three slots here, four slots at this festival, etc. And so the Can, idea is, Sundance, exactly. And so this like, is how it works. And so and so this person or or the company's job is to basically we are going to sell this film to these festivals, and essentially they've kind of got a route mapped out for them. So it's like they'll play here first, they'll play there, and the idea is like we're going to get this guy to Sundance this year, we're going to get this guy to TIFF, we're going to get the this film to blah blah blah, right? And essentially that's how they're grooming people, right? So the idea is. Are, are, do you really want to make something that's marketable, or do you want something to serve as your resume? But right? this is like it, that all comes at a cost. You know what I mean? No, but, but what I'm getting at is when you're when you're making an independent film, okay, a lot of saying. people are under the. Cons- what are you in it for? A lot of people are like in the conception that like, okay, well, I'm going to tell this really great story and it's going to stand out, and you know, make, I want people to the, see the it. dream team is uh, an executive is going to be at this festival and they're going to be like, oh, we we want to buy, buy the film. It, we, I mean, you've you've listened to podcasts by Kevin Smith. He's already said those doors have closed. Yeah. That that time has passed. Like that doesn't a- exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So essentially, what you're doing now is you're either collaborating with other people of talent to create something. So in other words, you're gathering your resources to basically follow the route that's available to you. Mm-hmm. Or what I've noticed other fil- filmmakers do is. They make something of meaning to them. Something I don't care what the time limit is. I don't care what it. Something from their heart. They'll send it. On, uh, they'll send. Put it on the internet. It could be a funny video, or whatever. But all it serves is as a resume. And so the idea is now my name's out there, and then collaborative teams will come to me and say, "We want you hey, because you're you really good at this. this, right?" But that's why, like to a certain extent, when you were saying, like when you have, um, like when it comes to like directing, writing, editing. I really think that those are like one and the same job because it's a, vi- a vision that you have. I'm not saying that you can't have a good movie with those people being separate. Yeah. No, you can. Obviously, there have been many of them. Yeah. But I really feel the movies that I connect to a lot are the ones that usually those three roles yeah. is provided by the same guy. Because no, you get the same pr- – because you get right. the product you're looking for. You're right. And, and I know it sounds douchebaggy, but like – I mean the thing is it's really what being an artist is about, right? Is having control over what you're doing. But the thing is like – if you're going to be doing the film festival thing, unless you're in it to just kind of stroke your own ego, the idea is you kind of want your product to stand on its own, right? You don't. You're not there because I want to. Schmo- I want to go to film festivals and meet all these people and schmooze and all that stuff. Kind of you. You kind of want to put it out there and have it stand on its own. It's like this. Take me, the person, you know, director, blah blah blah, out of the equation. Look at the product. Do you like it? Hopefully, you do, yeah. and that will give garner you the momentum to move on to the to next project, the next right? One. But I mean, I don't know. Like I, like I was saying, like uh, uh, when we went to when when you came to Cinefest with me, one of the big things is like you you're good at that side that I suck at. I hate socializing at all. And you and I have had this conversation too, right? right? It sucks because yeah. you feel like you feel kind of like you feel cheap, right? Like, and I, I'm not saying I'm not saying what you do is cheap. What I'm saying is like you have confidence in you're proud of what you do, right? And it's not that I'm not proud of what I do. It's just that I just 
I, whenever I talk about it, I feel really douchey. No, you said it yourself. I'll never forget the first time, uh, I think at the very first film festival we did, I'm like, how about we throw some hyperphotonic shit in there? And you literally were just like, it's kind of hard to do on a podcast, but you literally gave me like jerk off symbol. You're like, yeah. it's kind of like this. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I was just like, well, no, it's kind of like, hey guys, look, like, from my point, I, I totally see it from your point of view, mm-hmm. but from my point of view, it's just like, dude, be proud of everything you are, which you are, but show it off, right? And the whole point, I remember me and you talked about this on a podcast before, yeah. too, is you're like, you always said, well, I like let my work stand for itself. Yeah. And I said, I agree with that. But until you become that famous director that you eventually become a household name, you got to sell your work to get other people to watch it. I don't think so. No? No, I mean, like, I mean, we, we have small networks of people that, I mean, I have a small network of people that I trust, Tito's included, that, you know, um, if I'll share information with him along the way and get feedback. And then, you know, that just having, like, you guys see my movie here in front of X many people, you know, that was reward enough for me to do it. And I didn't need to go on and say, you know, oh, hey, go check out my movie and be, you know, jazzed about it. Mm-hmm. Just having like a small network of people that I trust and, and, and getting that kind of, um, that's what I'm looking for. Feedback? Well, yeah, like, you know, hearing from them that, okay, this is this is great. And, you know, what, what they can uh, bring to the table to make it better for yeah. me, you know, yeah. is, is more rewarding than, than well, going around think, and like, talking about it. What I think, though, is if I didn't know Tito, right. I would have never probably seen, like, the trailer for Homesick or be excited for Homesick or of Heart and Limbs. Right. And to me, I lose out. You know what I'm saying? And I'd just be like, shit, I would, like, a lot of these movies that I've seen within the friendship I've had with Tito, I would never have saw in my regular life. And I would definitely be a lesser person because of that. I can see. I can see. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's just where I think of it, too. Like, I'm not trying to say uh, I want everyone to see this because I want to become famous. Yeah. I want to see if anyone else feeds off this story. But uh, This is what we did. Does anyone else agree with it? No, yeah. it sucks. Okay, yeah. I'll do something better next time. Well, in, 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 the same, in the same stroke, I think that's why there are agents for movies because they're that guy. They're yeah. the guy that does that the nitty gritty that needs to be done in order to get make it stand out right because yeah. if if the a lot of writers and directors are like if they really are i've noticed that the most talented people are usually the people that are most insecure about their work and and the the people that need a lot of a, a lot, like and you can tell right away like uh, i like you meet a lot of people that like want to make movies and stuff but they're like oh check out this this is really awesome and stuff but the thing is, they always hear what they want to hear. So when like when you're having conversations with them, sometimes you're like, "Well, this is good, and this is blah blah blah," right? And they're just not listening. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. And the thing is, where um, uh, I've 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 I found it completely beneficial. Um, the Edmonton uh, Metro Digital Shorts so beneficial for uh-huh. for for being a filmmaker because. Uh, essentially you're being judged by Pierce you go and you present your film and essentially like the crowd votes and it's very like like it's, it's very th- oh my it's nerve wracking right because you're just like oh fuck right everyone's just the like the only thing I don't like about that is the visual voting because I found myself voting for every fucking film the one I was there and that's because, okay though but no because I, I felt this is because if I didn't someone would just be like fucking jackass didn't yeah. vote for my film you know what I mean yeah but like, I'm it, up for crowd voting just was like a fucking yeah but it, and, and like like I was getting at so like so then you have like they give you the the, the feedback and then you kind of learn from it and you cut your cut you oh the judges get, comments are excellent and you yeah. get better right and you you apply it to the next work right yeah but you've it, it, I've also noticed like there, there's people that go there and they submit their film and you know the judges give them comments and then the next time they submit something very similar if not the exact same thing just you know don't give a fuck, right? And the yeah, only way to advance in this industry, and I'm saying this out of uh, no experience whatsoever, just by experience with you guys, the only way to advance in this industry is your ability to take constructive criticism. Oh, big time! Don't yeah. don't take Huge. it to heart. Don't fucking Huge. piss off. Yeah. Like uh, I know one thing that I disagree with one of my heroes, Kevin Smith. He was big. Uh, he's a big hater on fucking critics. 
to me, I think critics are essential. If you take what they say, right. obviously with a grain of salt, take everything with a grain of salt that you hear. But listen to what they're saying, the points that are valid, not just, oh, your movie sucks. Well, why? And that applies yeah. to everything, though, really. Yeah, in, basically, yeah. I mean, it it's takes ba- a form of personality. Yeah. Like, I'm a pretty big, I don't give a fuck guy. But if you tell me some constructive problems, you know what I mean? Like, the biggest thing that I've been battling with is the swearing on this podcast. Yeah. Everyone keeps saying, you will take it to the next level if you stop swearing. Yeah, but then you know it doesn't. I mean? It's no longer the thing that you it's, want. It, to me, I think I feel it loses the heart. Right? And, and you're right. And, and there you go. It's like if if you fill in that niche and you're happy with it, then yeah. who, who cares, right? Like, stuff like the sound of with Matt that I was talking about, like all that stuff. I took to I've tried to make waves to correct, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we've become a better podcast because of it. So. so, but like one of the things I also enjoy is like working on other people's projects because like it's almost like without them even trying to they're kind of teaching you what th- what they do yeah. well right and I, I noticed that with like uh, I've worked with like really talented writers like uh, Chris Hill and Ryan Byrne before and like I, just paying attention to how they do things has helped me become better at what I do right and it's the thing is like you just have to be open to that right you because like I've Absorb. noticed be a sponge the, but the worst part is that guy and I'm sure you've met people like this the guy that's working on set or working with you on a set and they've always got an opinion about how people are doing things like oh you, sh- you know it's like oh you guys don't have this lens or you guys don't have this or you know what I mean it's like oh I would have done this instead and it's like the Bruce Willis stories of fucking uh, well yeah it, it, and it, it, you know it really feels like someone's on your shoulder telling you how to do things and the thing is don't do that at that point in time. Yeah, there's there's people for that, and there's there's yeah. time for that. It's like all your creative heads, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the point of scouts. That's the point of going and doing exactly you know, the collaboration with these people is yeah. to hear that that feedback, not on set with, from a grip. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like fuck off. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's not like you're trying. Definitely not in front of everyone. You know, yeah, if you, you have know. a concern, it's, come into the and, back and, and I mean, talk it, to it, me. It'd right? be the same as like if if you if you're a writer and you're writing something. And then someone's like over your shoulder reading it and said, well, I would have said that instead of this and that. And like the thing is, okay, tell me what – give me notes before or after but not, not during, during, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing. You want to – We're already on scene or on set filming yeah. server. And honestly, when I, when I started making movies, I was that guy. And you know what? It, it came from insecurity because like the, the – uh, I remember when like I started like – you know, it's like because like people will be using camera. I'm like, oh, but, well, I heard that this camera is better. And the th- the idea is like, I learned really quick. I'm like, holy shit, I'm really getting in the way of these guys doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so, like, really quickly, I just stay quiet, do help out, and like just do, do my job. part, right? Yeah. And the thing is, like, and you learn, right? And then, like, you'd be surprised what you learn if you just like do things someone else's way. And like you can learn what you're doing right, what you might be doing wrong, what they're doing right, and what they might be doing that doesn't work for you, right? So yeah, it's I mean, it, it, and I've, I've no, I've it's interesting because you can study all you want on on like reading books on on cinematography and all that stuff, but really until you've seen someone doing it, it's yeah. I've always been an advocate, uh, and I think it's with anything in this life. I think experience will outweigh textbook any any day of the week. Yeah, like I agree. You, obviously, you need your textbook to know the basics. Yeah. But to do a textbook thing and then try to tackle a project, your, your first one, it's going to be a disaster. Well, that's I mean, that's what kind of what like I got out of my education mm. at school is that you know it was a lot of textbook stuff, and you know they kind of had a lot of. Uh, you know, shady dealings in terms of marketability. You know, you're a white male from northern Alberta. We can't market that. Let's give it to the Indian guy. You know, but, you know, stories. You yeah. know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but you know, yeah, textbooks. No, I see, I you can. Sure. You can. I mean, when I was in school, I learned. I learned a thing or two. But uh, you know, I'll give no credit to my school for teaching me how to be a filmmaker. That's things I've learned on set from my friends. Yeah. Talking with you know people I respect, 
and uh, really advancing over the last couple of years. It's interesting seeing... It's um, a bold statement, actually. Well, that's, well, that's well it's interesting. I, I saw... Well, I uh, see people dump their life into these yeah. schools, right? That's and thinking, this will change th- there's, my life. There's a webcomic called uh, Saturday Morning Breakfast Serial, and they did an awesome one about <laughs> secondary education where basically the way they explained it was we're at a point in uh, human, human uh, knowledge that essentially when the education systems were started, the way it was set up was... Only the elite could be educated, and knowledge was knowledge was sparse. So, mm-hmm. in other words, you had to go to these places to get that knowledge, and you could only get that knowledge because, because oh, well, books were weren't highly printed. Then books became highly printed, but still, the idea would be you still these books are speaking at a, a higher level than a normal the layman person, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you would still need to go to school, and you'd still need a high education to understand and go through the through the the electoral college or electoral college the, the college. <laughs> The college path. You can vote in. But you don't make very much, very much the elite. But now, since the advent of the internet, what's happened is all all this information is accessible to everyone, right? So essentially, and this is where the comic sticks off. Is like, why should I waste four years of my life getting a degree if all that knowledge I can just learn on my own? And if anything, I'd learn it better on my own because I'd be motivated by my own my own means. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. The the the, the professor comes back at is because it's so easy to get knowledge, you will seem that much stupider if you don't have a degree because that's still the standard by which people you know prove select it. and prove it, that you prove exactly, that you know right? this information. So it's like between a rock and a hard place where. Maybe secondary education doesn't serve the same purpose that it used to, no. but you still it's need it because it's yeah. it's that kind of it's that that piece of paper that says you can do it's this. It's that degree. Right? It's that symbol that's in. I know. I know math. I know how to teach math. Yeah. Prove it. Well, here's a fucking degree that says so. You know what I mean? And yeah. It's just you're still gonna get people that be like, ah, fuck it. You still. And, and I mean, I'm not bashing it. school at all. I'm just saying that like it's a different especially time. especially for like say for example if you're if you're gonna be uh, something hands on like like uh, 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 for example a trade like uh, a welder and I would I would venture to say even filmmaking to an extent is a trade because it's not all theory. You have to know how to use it. You need that hands on. Exactly. Why it's good for yeah. School. Yeah. yeah exactly. So if anything like like I honestly think that that would probably legitimize it a bit more if like filmmaking was a trade like you know you know what oh, i mean like, like an actual certified well, cause, yeah cause, i'm a journeyman filmmaker because <laughs> that, that would not not necessarily that does not just mean that you know how to make films it means that you know how to use the equipment because like yeah. there are directors there that have never touched cameras like tommy wiseau is an awesome <laughs> example of that yeah. but like the, the idea is just the fact that like it, it, it seems like it um uh, the like I said, like the best filmmakers that I've noticed are the people that are just so comfortable with their their equipment that they're just like they don't. Like, a lot of them don't even know what settings they like. Uh, what's what their settings are, but they know how to achieve that look just playing with their cameras and shit. And no, you'd be impressed. Like especially like like uh, what is it? Um, it, uh, movie making has become so competitive because everyone can become so good at making movies very quickly. We were mm-hmm. talking about that yeah. YouTube Rewind. I can't remember if we were doing it on air or not. Uh, or was before that YouTube Rewind. Mm-hmm. Like that, that basically they just showed that whole like 2012 big YouTube hits. Yeah. A lot of these people are simple guys that have no fucking clue. Like they had, they had day jobs at one point. They don't have to have them anymore because they're getting over a hundred million hits on YouTube, and I guess they can get some money. I wonder if, that. like, at at some point, if Epic that just becomes time is a prime example. Yeah, but I'm I'm also wondering, like, when it becomes a job, does it does does it become you know what I mean? Do you no, want it, it? Totally does because yeah. I mean, all the guys I went to school with, they all jumped right into the industry. Mm-hmm. I moved back here to pay off my student loan because I knew with thirty thousand dollars in debt, I wasn't going to do yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, so I came back here seven months, had it paid yep. off, saved some money, moved back, 
all my friends working on, you know, uh, the big Hollywood movies that come up, all the John Cusacks yeah. that, that made their way up, up north. And um, work 16 hours a day, go home. Do they want to write? No. Do they have any interest in directing anymore? Not a chance. You know, you, you work in an office or yeah. you're an on-set PA or even, even some people now who um, are recording sound and, and things like that, they just don't want to come home. And then have to try to be creative. Yes, try yeah. to be creative. Well, it's, that's what I've always noticed. Like, but the best thing about indie film is because you're doing it for the simple love of it, right? To me, I, I think it does change uh, the game somewhat, sometimes for the better. If you have to do something in order to survive in this world, in order to get paid for it, if you're having to do something, I think that changes the creativity level. I'll, I'll never, never go back on this. I think episodes one, two, and three. I think Lucas put his heart and soul in episode one. It got bashed by the critics. So he forced those other two movies out of him, and I think they were shit. In the grand scheme of things, you know what? And 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 I, I, I agree with that. On forced. The, I, 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 I agree. <laughs> I agree with that sentiment on the sheer basis of the fact that he he only he only really worked on a New Hope anyway. Yeah. Like the, the 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 like the gem in that collection, the one that actually brings it all together, which is Empire. Mm. What it's like? It was like his film prof that directed that movie. So, but when you get when you get guys that are like shit, I, I bought this fucking four million dollar home. I need to pay mortgage, or I need I need groceries for the kid. Yeah. You're going to get some forced creativity, and I think that's what a lot of the shit is these days, where you can tell they're doing the basic formula of fucking a boy meets girl, a boy gets girl. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. get the general shit, you know, it works. I'm not saying they're bad movies, they're good. Oh, but I just think it, it could have, the potential is skyrocketed how well, how well that could have been. There's definitely a formula for success. And, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I mean, I still keep my day job and I don't live above my means. You know, I don't, I have not made a penny off any of the film or, yeah. you know, even working on other people's films. Mm. That's not what I'm in it for, you know. Um, I went to Palm Springs a couple years ago and sat in some, because uh, of Heart and Limbs was a part of the marketplace, mm. which isn't a big deal. Every film gets invited, mm. but I just wanted to go down and be a part of it. And check and, it out. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, why not? Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, a uh, uh, buddy. Um, uh, Go ahead, sorry. Sorry. Uh, so, uh, you know, I went down there and listened to some seminars, and, you know, they, there's one that really got me when they said, you know, you know, you need to make things that come from the heart. You know, regardless of if it's, you know, follows a formula, it's got to mean something to you. Instantly right there, like, as soon as that lecture was over, I went back to my hotel and banged out a 40-page script, something that meant something to me, and that's what became Homesick. And you told me this, and I got fucking goosebumps, because as soon as I seen the trailer, like, I'm dying to see this movie, because of what me and you and your t- our 2 a.m. fucking Facebook chats, <laughs> well, usually when we're working, and, yeah. and what, you're, what you were telling me about where Homesick was coming from, uh, and to me, that's that's where a fucking movie comes from, where you, when you told me your premise on where um, Nighthawks came from, yeah. that is where fucking creativity stems from, in my eyes, that's what, I'm getting goosebumps now, just talking. <laughs> About it now. Well, well, the thing is, like uh, the what I what I've noticed is, um, I, like I don't want it, like I don't want it to seem like I'm downplaying other people's films. But the thing is, oh, yeah, I'm bashing like, everything. No, no, no. What I was gonna say is, like, there's really nothing new under the sun, as they say. But the thing is, there's always permutations in what it, what something means to you, right? So, what I guess what I'm getting at is, like, it's interesting, like in terms of writing. Like it's weird how writing ha- like the creative process it either happens all at once or not at all, not at all. Like the, like you said, oh, you're too busy, too exhausted to write. At the same time, if you have all the time in the world, you have no fucking motivation yeah, you to can't write get either. Shit done. It, it just it, it like Good point, you'll either you'll either watch a movie that you and Nothing. it's weird. You, you either watch you watch a movie that you really love or you hear a song you really like or just hear a speech that right. inspires you. And then suddenly it just starts flowing, right? And and it's interesting because what what I've noticed with my stuff is like I can tell 
how my stuff like blatantly rips off other stuff but like but the thing is it's in my head right like the thing is it, when in reality it's been like there was something I saw five years ago there was something I saw ten years ago this these elements are being put together to create something original and I just, and, and like and the thing is like oh well that's kind of like a shortcut but the thing is like look at all these older directors they were inspired by people before them before even then. Star Wars was like yeah. a Buck Rogers ripoff right so I guess what I'm getting at is like the the idea is like what like what 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 was it um uh there's no such thing as an original story even even if something like as oh my god the twist in the sixth sense could be traced back to something to else a, right? not somewhere else i'll never forget the time where me and you were just doing our, one of our drives at work and you're like yeah i just got a spout of writer's block so i was like trying to do this story idea so then i just in order to get myself writing i just blatantly ripped off i can't remember what movie you said but you're just like i quite literally wrote the exact movie just down on paper yeah to try to get just the flow get it out back, of it yeah right? yeah and I just thought that was always funny because I was like, "Fuck, you should just make the movie anyway. <laughs> Start off with something creative, and then just turn well, right into like fucking like Batman." That, and that's well, that, it's Dude, funny. More cow than the fucking thing. Well, it's funny up. because uh, Ryan uh, recently he uh, at the Metro he did Lost Hero, right? And uh, you know he was talking about this is a great how, flick. Yeah, I really dug it, right? But the thing is, like, the, the, uh, w- w- no offense to Ryan, I really like the story. But the thing is, like, it's not an original story, right? Like, you, you've you, those elements have been in comic books and in other media before, right? Yeah. But like, that doesn't make his movie any less good. No. That it, and the thing is, he captured that theme and, like you were saying, that formula for success, right? You have to. There has to be something you're trying to tell in the story, and if you get lost in everything else, like that, you know what? And and that's one of the things I kind of learned from Nighthawks is the, is is the problem the problem with trying to put too much. You know what I mean? It, like you're trying to say so many things, and in fact, you just say one fucking thing yep. and just Same let everything point. else form around it, right? Good point. Yeah. yeah. So and I learned like the, like the original cut of Nighthawks was like like 22 minutes, and we I cut that down to like eight and a half to nine minutes, right? So. Oh, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, was yeah, you saw it was. Oh, I remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and and I like I from there. I've just like I've tried to apply that to like everything going forward, right? And I think like one of the things I'm being criticized now is like everything I do is so short, right? But the thing is, I I have ideas for something longer, but the idea like like there it's a challenge, right? I'm like I'm looking, I'm like, holy shit, this thing is gonna cost me this much money, right? And honestly, and that's I find that's what the stuff that me and you've been dealing with lately Mm -hmm. is the fact that, dude, if we had uh, any sort of budgeting, Mm -hmm. like imagine if we had. $100,000 $100,000 right now. I think we can make a pretty fucking kick-ass movie. Well, I mean, interestingly enough, like, we have groups of friends that they've got ideas for movies, too. Well, we'd give the 100000 to them to make kick-ass movies. <laughs> I'm sure if we had enough to spread it around. Hey, man, I can use $100,000. <laughs> Cody's like, hey, hey guys. Well, we, can, we can do a huge collaboration, man. Just so you know, I'm starting to write a feature, so I could use that dough. Yeah, see? But, like, the, the idea is... Any leaks? Any surprises? Any um, it, it's, I'm gonna, it's Right now, it's called Southpaw. Which is a, a baseball term for uh, somebody who throws left-handed. Um, it's also a boxing term, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. it's. I think it's, it's, it's sports in general. Though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I think it's southpaw is somebody who leads with their left. left. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So it's 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 opposite, but um, it's it's going to mean something to me. There's a lot of things that I've written down and collected from time living here, and that's now all I'm interested in telling stories about is is my time growing up in Fort McMurray. Yes. Ooh. Really, I just I mean. The city gets such a, a negative rap and things like that, and you know, yeah, some of it's warranted or whatever. But I mean, to me, I saw it a different way. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, in what city doesn't have well, the exactly, negative yeah. aspects? I mean, yeah. You could, you could find it in every, everywhere. Yeah. Well, that's um, always been our basis to think too. Like uh, anyone that says, "Oh, Todd, you you paint the city in such a, a rose color light," I'm like, "Well, no, we have our problems." But the point I keep trying to drive home is that our problems are no different 
than any other fucking city. Yeah. That's, that's always been what I try to preach. Well, every, everyone kind of th- there's this stigma that like people that grow up here don't have like a normal childhood, and I, I yeah, that, yeah, yeah, and I would really argue that point. Like my my childhood was pretty normal. I mean, went out, played with friends, you know, just. Sure, downtown got flooded that one time, but <laughs> well, we you know, know the stories of Tito growing up. No, yeah. uh, you know, you're right though. I mean, everybody yeah. do, did have a pretty normal childhood, yeah. and but there's, I mean, I grew up with some folks who had just one thing different, where one thing led to another, and mm-hmm. you know, now girls are getting pregnant in grade nine and like ruining their whole fucking lives. You yeah. know, it, it did because you know this girl did nothing. Yeah, you know what I mean, and like that. Yeah, but that's definitely not isolated to here, though. No, 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 yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, um, but to say, you I think know, that's a generational no, no, thing. That is, and you're right. Yeah. That is a generational thing. And, you know, that's... Grade 9 is pretty young, though, shit. <laughs> that's, uh, wow. that's... I mean, like, when I was in grade 9, I was interested in fucking. Like, I was... Yeah, no, I'm trying to think I, mean, only I was either. My school was so prude. Like, we barely held hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> that followed all the way to... I never got interested in pussy until I had a car. I don't know where or what that fucking links up to each other with, but... I've, I've always been I've always been fascinated in the subject. <laughs> However, you know, like uh, yeah, I suppose mine was a bit. Uh, uh, yeah, you guys get what I'm saying. But like, I mean, like the thing for me, like when I was uh, when I was a kid, um, I had a babysitter next door, right? And she was just awful. You know, she'd always like do coke and stuff at my house while my parents were out, and like, oh, she'd have guys over all the time who were like always going through our rooms and stuff. But like one morning, or sorry, one night. Um, they were, uh, she was babysitting me, and I was like, I was just hanging out and in my room, and I noticed like I couldn't hear anybody talking and, and whatever, so I kind of like peeked over, and she was getting eaten out by her boyfriend. And she like made eye contact with me, and no, no interest in stopping. Holy shit. You know, wow. it was like, you know, a little thing like that that happened to me. Yeah. That's a moment. That, you know, <laughs> that's really a moment, man. You know, and that's, Southpaw. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> I'm not as dumb as I look. <laughs> That's awesome. That should be the trailer right there. Just a little kid waking up, trying to record some chick meat. You know? Fuck it. Right there. We got you a pitch, that's, sir. Yep. Yeah, that's a strong oh, opening weekend no right there. <laughs> but, you know, like, uh, you know, that, that to me, I mean, you know, that that was like my first exposure yeah. to it. And I was I was still like I wasn't even grade five at that time. Yeah. You know, and that was like really weird for me. Yeah. But yeah. like, you know, it's a it's a visual that no, it you know, stays with you stays clearly. With you. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like you describe yeah. that in, in detail. Yeah. Everyone has those moments, though. I'm trying to think of, like, everyone's watching their parents fucking. Am I wrong with that one? I walked on my dad's dick. Yeah, I remember you, that story's actually pretty funny. You said that on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah. That, that one's pretty good. That's a Christmas theme one, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my Christmas son. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we're, what were we talking about? We got on the creativity <laughs> and then pussy. the support. Yeah. <laughs> I think everything just leads back to that at some point. Yeah. Well, no, but it's it's interesting because like I, I would I would make the argument that like the best teen movies are about that shit, right? Like about like discovery of sexuality and uh, oh, look at kids. That yeah. that movie changed me. Like yeah. that was uh, that and Gummo. I was, was fucking scared to hey, watch I that get, movie. Hey, I get kids and thirteen mixed up. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, you know yeah. what thirteen I'm talking about, yeah, right? Like, the, what those kids again? Kids is where uh, that guy's so interested uh, in banging virgins. Yeah, and, and, and one yeah. the one chick had AIDS, and they yeah. were drunk, and she's like, "Don't!" And like, she's like, "Don't!" Yeah. And he wasn't listening. Okay, I yeah. remember that one now. And yeah. then thirteen yeah. was the fucked up. Have one you guys there. seen um, uh, Turn Me On? Damn it! It's like this Norwegian teen movie, and it's fucking awesome. It's actually like. It's like this girl, she's like 15, and it's like, it's weird because it's like a raunchy sex comedy, but it's from like the girl's perspective, and it's really cool because it kind of like, it, 
it makes girls as normal as guys in terms of like how much like we're horn dogs and like so like this chick is like she's like scared that she's a nympho because she's just like constantly masturbating and shit and she's like what the fuck is wrong with me and then like she goes to like a party and there's this guy she likes and like uh, without spoiling it, the big the big cr- uh, crux of the movie is the fact that like they go out and talk at during the party and he whips out his dick and it, like he 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 literally like touches her hand with his dick. <laughs> and then and then runs back into the party and then like he runs away giggling or what it's just this really fucking awkward moment because they're both awkward and I guess it's all about like being a, a young teenager and being yeah, yeah. awkward about like how do you like how do you obviously this? they're obviously how do I get her to, to touch it well yeah and so he like literally you force your hand on it son. yeah and, and like she thought like they shared a moment and then like he denies the fact that like it he's like he's like I didn't whip out my dick and she gets ostracized because of it and it's oh shit it's really good like if you guys get a chance I think it's on Netflix now but. I, like I remember when I saw the preview for it earlier this year, I'm like, holy shit, I really want to see that movie, and I ended up watching it. It's it's really cool. It's it's like the whole idea is like small town, like because like Norwegian, it's like this small kind of like village, mm-hmm. and it's just like about this girl's like uh, like her like sexual awakening type thing, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, and the thing is like, well, there you go. It's like the story's based around like they're just trying to tell one thing, right? Well, see, and that's what I love about like this filmmaking, like what what Cody you've been saying, like. I write about like my experiences, what I feel. Like I know, I know. Like I enjoy movies that people just write. You know what? This is gonna be just funny. Let's have fucking uh, three people and make human centipede out of them. I think it would be a great movie. You know what I mean? Like that's fine. But I've, the ones that I really find myself emotionally attached to, and to me, whatever I have an emotional reaction to a movie, those movies are well high up in my in my mind. Right? Are the ones that are emotionally felt by the writer, right, and the director, and the editor, and, and the people involved in the flick. And like that's where I think the best movies come from whether it be a comedy whether it be a, a like a comedy about someone's life or, or I know a lot of uh, dramas is where it comes from mm-hmm. but I find those ones to be the most powerful the ones that you literally come right from your own emotions and your own experiences well, like when I'm like I, I, I I'm constantly thinking about everything like every aspect of my life like what what I've changed here you know it's no point in, in dwelling over it and things like that but you know because I'm constantly thinking about these things I have a, I have a chance to kind of change them in a, in some sort of in some sort of way, and, you know I, I I'm not going to basically retell my life just the way I would have wanted it, mm-hmm. um, but because uh, I think I'm doing pretty pretty damn good now. But um, well, you're debt free <laughs> that we know. Of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that different. portion was debt free. Well, I mean that that's kind of like uh, one school of the. Free. Well, school I was going to say like school debt free. Yeah. You know what? That's like one of the like, the crazy things about like this community is the fact that like. If you're kind of if you're if you're dedicated to paying off debt, like I mean, I paid off my student loans like that within a year. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, how many people can really say that outside of? I'm still working off mine. Yeah, but I mean, like, the opportunity is there, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, oh no, if I if yeah. I really focused and put my mind to it, I'm sure I can have mine written off like that. Yeah, but, but I really, really want that Nintendo 64 and that Xbox and that yeah. car and that house and that child. Well, and that. <laughs> no, but but uh, I'm but I'm the, here's the thing: you have the opportunity to support those things as a oh, single yeah. father too, right? Yeah, so, yeah. no, it's it's the form of where it gives you the opportunity to gives you opens up a lot of doors to you can choose which path you want to walk down. Everyone that talks about the golden handcuffs is very much a path that they chosen. They chose to want to get that new vehicle yeah. and that house over that apartment and used car. You know what I mean? Like, it's very much of a path that they chose. Not saying it's right or it's wrong. It's just a choice that they made. And I just hate it when people say, oh, this former gives you golden handcuffs. No, no, you gave yourself the golden yeah. handcuffs. Former gives you the chance. Like, I've seen, as much as everyone talks about it, everyone comes here with that five-year plan. I've seen a lot of people come up here with that five-year plan, enjoyed it here. 
but now they got their beach house in, in Victoria Island and is absolutely loving life. Yeah. Can't go, can't complain about that if that's what they wanted, right? For I mean, I've struggled with uh, you know wanting to move back just to like fuel mm-hmm. all my stuff because I hate asking for money, mm-hmm. even if it's in the form of perks and Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. I hate it, mm-hmm. and um, you know I thought, fuck, should I move back? Like, is that the decision that I'm I'm leaning towards now? And you know it could totally set me up for the rest of my life but i just i just can't bring myself to move back here well you also got to keep in mind uh, the resources available to you and too, that's right? that's the other thing yeah. right that's what i wanted to ask yeah. like what like take us through the film sure. community in vancouver well one thing you know i had once besides I got, being access to like amazing canucks games all the time which i'm totally <laughs> jealous about I, it, it wears off you know <laughs> I, hockey games wear off yeah yeah it's so expensive now yeah i suppose uh, but basically, you know, I uh, I found my producer through Craigslist, and um, you know, everybody asks right off the bat, "Let me see the script. Let me see the script." And I say, "No, like I want to get to know you a little bit first. And you know, my producer Luke, he's uh, he's Australian, you know, straight shooter. We we talked once, we met up. Next time we met, he had everything scheduled. He said, "Okay, we can do it in these days. It's going to cost this much." Like a real doer. Mm. And then through him, I've met a lot of great people. Uh, for instance, I met my art director Andrea who then introduced me to her boyfriend, who is now my editor and sound... Um, <laughs> um, uh, sorry, my composer. Right on. You know, he, he edited the movie and said, you know what, this needs to be scored. Yeah. And I make music, so let's do it. And he, and he showed me some samples. Same thing, I didn't just give him the opportunity. No. He said, show me what you got. Let's talk, let's yeah. find out what kind of guy you are. And he dropped a couple of things, like this movie reminds me of. I'm like, great, you know, you, you can kind of see my vision. The direction of, this. of it, yeah. And uh, I, I refuse to work with my friends. Um... Because <laughs> it can be tough. No, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, what you saw with Heart, of Heart and Limbs was all my buddies, you know. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of horror stories with that. Yeah. And you know, um, it, it's just like you know, you want you want those people who are into the collaboration coming in to get that title on their resume. Say, I worked on this movie. Now I'm on to the next one. Yeah. And a lot of my crew were unpaid because they liked the script, or they really liked my producer, or they liked somebody. And we just wanted to do a favor. Yeah. Well, Todd, Todd, will attest to the fact I'm, I'm, I'm terrible to deal with on sets. I am because, because the thing is when, when, when I, when, once we're at the point where we're actually filming there, I'm, I'm kind of like I'm here to get this done, and I've stopped being everybody's buddy at that point, and yep. I'm just like everybody, do your fucking job. It's taken me a lot. Like when me and you first started doing projects, because you were like, are you pissed off at me? Yeah, yeah. The first but, few. Now, I don't but give it's a not. Fuck, it's but. not that I'm pissed off. I'm just like, that's we have to stay on point. No, we I have to get this yeah. done, and that can be. That's what dis, di, is distracting from when you're working with friends because. Yeah. When you're with friends, everyone's like, ha-ha, joking around and everything. And it's really hard to Guys, stay on point, right? And then yeah. it's, okay, now we have to cut scene 13 and 15. Yeah, you exactly. And like, I, I had to do that in the first movie. And, I, 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 you know, we, we crammed a lot into three days yeah. for, for homesick. And we had to cut some stuff. But not because we were buddies goofing off and stuff. You know, everybody was working hard. And we ended up Yeah, to that, that's that's that. why uh, Dinner at My Place uh, took so long to finish. Because we didn't get done the first time through. And I was like, uh, like I was losing it. I'm like, holy shit, we're not going to get this movie done on the schedule and then we waited like it was eight months later and i was like so we should probably finish this movie so <laughs> i got everyone back and luckily it kind of worked in our favor did, actually jessica bell her hair was dyed another color <laughs> but luckily all we had to shoot was the footage is her yeah. already as the vampire so it kind of worked in a yeah, weird way so it worked out but well i mean we pulled it together could could it a movie have been better yes of course a movie could always be better when you went it like one of the one of the things when you're editing a movie is like you always from the editing chair, you're just like, fuck, this could be better, this could be better, this could be better. But you make the best of out of got. what you have, right? Yeah. And and you know what? A lot of the times, uh, the stuff that you see is uh, is messed up in the movie, no one else sees. 
Like you, until you bring it to light. No well, you were showing me it. shit on Arkham, where you're like this, 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 and this. I'm like, I would not have noticed that in a million years if you didn't just point that out to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I.e., especially with the 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 effects you did, you pulled off on the CTVs, uh, yeah. the room, right? Oh, uh, do you know? Do you know those guys down there? Like, how small is the community in Vancouver? Cla- uh, uh, Cam McLeod is his name. Uh, no, I I know a couple groups like Salazar, that group. I'm really big fans of their work. Mm. Um, and then there's like um, shit. And uh, yeah, I I only really uh, stay up on their work because I'm. Mm-hmm. Huge so it's not it's not a smaller community where like everyone knows everyone. It's kind of it's pretty, a pretty, pretty big. big yeah. You know, like there's things like there's a place called the Anza Club that will do this thing called they'll have you know you can do like crazy eights and hot shots where you submit and you're always seeing new people. Like I've I've um, every time I've gone you know to support friends projects and things, it's like wow, and I've never seen any of these people before. And then I'm looking up their work. You know, like for me, that's the kind of person I am. I'll go look up somebody's work or whatever and uh, of this group and uh but i'm finding more and more there's just more people and more people and uh ubc i'm finding now is, is pumping out some really yeah. impressive grads like, really? I, yeah. I think it has everything to do with the fact that the the f- filmmaking itself is so much easier to do now like they they yeah. don't have to necessarily use the resources available at the college or the university to make their movie yeah. like these guys could just go to the camera store and start making movies like from the get-go, oh, yeah. right? Like, what what and, were you saying? What's a baseline camera now? Like a decent one that can give you good results? Oh, I mean, you could buy one for under four hundred dollars at this point, there right? Yeah. Like I've seen some of the, like even some of. Well, the, then again, Zach's shit that he did the film festival was his fucking iPhone. Yeah, 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 and that looked nice. Like you know what I mean? Like it gave you a nice picture. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, honestly, if you have the talent, there's this awesome. There's this uh, show on YouTube called Digital Rev, and what they do is they they get like top world class photographers and they give them shitty cameras to work with, <laughs> and but you'd be surprised like how they can one of them he's got like a, what is it he got an iPhone 2 <laughs> and he's like the guy's like 3G six. and he's like trying to take the photos but he made it work but he he made it work for him though like and the thing you is like do it. it's the talent right yeah. it's just a tool it's just, it's not gonna make the movie better no like yeah. it, sure it'll be in a, a high definition you have better low light control but it's just a tool right yeah. and, and sure you might have to put a little bit of extra work if it's a lower a, a lower class camera Camera, but yeah. it's it doesn't take away from the fact that the real the real talent is in the in the filmmaker, right? So it's like it's like Iron Chef for kind of yeah yeah. They, they, <laughs> your special ingredient is yeah. Well, going too. going <laughs> yeah. back to like uh, working with your friends, like uh, it goes back to the adage that working with your friends is fine, but uh, like just know that one day you might have to fire a yeah. friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like to me, if fucking Tito ever comes to me and just be like, you know what, you really suck at, at doing this 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 and this. I really we're not gonna work on it again. Obviously, I'm not just going to... Well, I'll probably cry. <laughs> I'm not just going to be like... That. I like you. You're out, out of the podcast. <laughs> You're out of the podcast. No, no but, friends have a hard time taking criticism, though. Yeah. And that's and the that's thing. I, I would hope, I would hope that uh, anyone that I've worked with, like Tito itself, would be like, hey, how about you just do this, this, and this better, or this is where you're going wrong, do this yeah. better. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, kind of... What, what I would say is... What I would say is... If there, there, there is a challenge just w- with working with friends, but the challenge is... When you have to do the work, the idea is from the creative from the creative stance. That's not the issue because sometimes because your friends know you a little bit better than other people, yeah. and sometimes they'll be able to give you. You know, there's great for outsider opinion, but there's yeah. also a friend opinion too. Yeah. Um, and especially your friends that don't massage your ego, like because yeah. those are like they will be brutally honest with certain th- with, with your work, which you know if you can take it, it's great. Yeah. Um, but the idea is you have to when when you guys are working on the project, when you guys are doing the project, you know you have to know. 
where your responsibility ends or where your input has to stop. Because the idea is, okay, Not like, no, I'm changing the scene. Yeah, like you, you guys, because the thing is, it's about compromise, right? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, if it, it, once you reach a certain creative point, like if it's like, okay, thanks for the notes, et cetera, and you keep going, like you can't just go, come back and say, well, let's do this instead, right? Because you don't know where his head's at or their head's yeah, yeah. at and all that stuff, right? So, and you have to respect them, right? You have to trust in them that they're, they're doing what's in the benefit of, of the movie that's right. being made, right? So, yeah, exactly. I have, a, I have a pretty horror story for the, about that. Yeah. Is, uh, the, we love horror stories. The, the woman who, uh, or the girl, I guess, who wrote uh, Of Heart and Limbs, mm. you know, she was also our editor and our assistant camera. Mm. So one, one scene, you know, we were working on, and I said, okay, I want this shot. I want it to look this way. And she's like, well, I'm not going to use it in front of everybody. And I was like, well, fuck. Like, well, why, why, then why am I going to waste the time of everybody, yeah. you know? So, like... Yeah, I mean, she th- she thought being totally constructive, like, hey, I'm not going to use that because you know I wrote it and I have a vision for it, yeah. and I'm editing it. Yeah, you know, and it, you know, it's like, well, fuck. well, you might yeah, fuck. Well, okay, <laughs> you should have been. Why the fuck did you write it? <laughs> no, but but you know Chava. what. <laughs> my, and, and my mentality in that standpoint, and th- that's where you get heads clashing. I, w- uh, I would have just said, I'm like, better to have it and not need it than exactly. need it and not have it, right? And that's what that's yeah. what I've learned from movie A to movie B. Yeah, because honestly, like sometimes I'll, I'll be we'll be shooting something and I'm like, fuck, I, I, I'm probably going to cut this out. But I'm like, let's fucking shoot it anyway because for all I know, I might need it as – Fuck, as, the experience yeah. I'll have with you, like Jesus, like the, the amount of film used on uh, – film when I say that in air quotes <laughs> – the amount of film used yeah. on – for like the stuff that we did is well everything was well under five minutes jeez you got must have ten hours of footage you know what I mean like oh for uh, anything rising, anything for- anything that we've done like well, yeah, yeah I've never like being such a virgin in the business yeah. I'd never realized that a two minute movie or a, a like playing with toys was what three minutes yeah we had to have shot for eight hours. Yeah, or six hours. You know what I mean? I just never comprehended that. Where it's just yeah. like, okay, here's our ten hour. Here's ten hours worth of video. It's funny because you learn that yeah. really quick as a kid. Because when you're a kid and you're playing with a camera, because like that's where me and my brother used to play around with the camera and be like, ah, oh, like you know, we shoot and then you're like, America's you have, ten, you have ten seconds of footage. You're like, fuck, it's <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> like, we used to do the little stop motion yeah. and you know you'd be working for like an hour and you're like oh Two this is gonna be look so yeah. fucking sweet when it's done and it's just like <laughs> Spider-Man hits a guy and it's like five seconds <laughs> and it's not even like a walk hit it's just yeah. like yeah. oh man um yeah, so going back to like, take us to like the Vancouver scene like is it pretty hardcore do you have like access to Treasures beyond our imagination. Um, you know, just people. I mean, when when I've met, like I, I said, guess that's your best resource you can ever yeah, have. Actually. When yeah. when I met my producer, I was introduced to a lot of people. Uh, a fellow who came on as my first AC will now be my DOP on my next film. You know, he's a really talented guy. I see his work. He owns his own equipment, and uh, you know, he he really, you know, he approached me on set, took me aside, and said, "Look, I really like what you're doing here. Let's let's talk afterwards." And you know, didn't disrespect the DOP on set that time we talked after the film mm. and you know same thing my my art director led me to my producer sorry led me to my editor who will now be probably my editor for life because he just he understands me you know what I mean he gets what where I'm coming from with this mm. stuff and um, you know he introduced me to a guy who did color and you know like I'm just yeah. meeting networking is amazing yep. and but I, I haven't had those opportunities ever 
until this film. It's just interesting how like we were talking about like working with friends, and then right off the bat, you said, "Well, the horror stories I can tell yeah. you." And I'm, I like to think that what we've done was positive, and I think it's all about just the relationship you have. Well, that's the thing is now I call the people. These, you know I call I mean? these. Like people I can, friends. Tino can say you're being a fucking idiot, and yeah. I'm not going to be like. <laughs> well, no, I mean it, it, the thing is you may, you're making me out to be like the Stalin. <laughs> no, yes, but, but the truth of the matter is like everyone is getting exponentially better. At what we're doing, yeah, you right? grow together. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, when, uh, like, uh, like, let's use Arkham Rising as the example here. The thing is, everyone came fucking together for that. Like the, like, I was so impressed with your ability to grab resources. Uh, our set deck team did an amazing yeah. job. I mean, guys, went, I mean, Steve Reeve, the amount of yeah. detail he did in the Arkham Files for something that and was Ash, in yeah. it for like half a second. Yeah. And then like, you know, we have all this he was bonus in love with material the and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the idea is like, if you can translate that to every, pro- and the thing is I, like now for next part for cover, I'm expecting so much more from you guys. Right. Because I know you guys, <laughs> no, because I know you guys have that talent. Right. And yeah. so the idea is, and, and you know, at the same time we're like, we're teaching new skills. Like for example, like with Ashley, uh, and, like liquid latex, uh, prosthet- prosthesis. Yeah. She's like, dude, that the shit. Like, well, everyone's seen it, but now like, uh, obviously that, that we, first we, makeup. And we that, played and, Arkham and, rising a bit under the gun, but yeah. we've Tito and like, I know we all posted some pictures from yeah. the cover. Fuck, even the makeup test, dude, that shit looks good. Uh, honestly, that that's, that's like, for in my head, I'm like, we're going to be Pass a lot that. better. We're, yeah. we're going to get, it's going to be so much better than that. Because yeah. the idea for that makeup test was just, can we make it blend? And I'm like, okay, we can make it blend. Now, let's make it look, look good, good, right? Yeah. And, and the idea is, we do these tests, that makes us that much more primed for when we do it for real, right? Mm-hmm. So... But I mean, that's what it is. It's like, uh, it, like uh, Cody, you have the benefit of the fact that a lot of these people have been have already done that, right? You yeah. know, they've 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 harnessed harnessed their skills. They're yeah. at that point, and kind of like what we're trying to do here in Fort Murray now is with like the Fort Murray Filmmakers Association and all that is try to like nurture that in other people because there's a lot of people that like they want to do that sort of oh, stuff, yeah. and the only way they're going to learn is by learning from others and. Going on to themselves, right? The biggest thing with with this town that I, I love to see, and I've said it before on the podcast, is just that people that are willing to give it a try. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how many people when we talk about a cover, like, oh, can you help us make a, a this face? Mm-hmm. Never done it before, but I'm willing to learn. People doing hours of research by themselves on YouTube to try to figure it out, right? And all Tito's got to do from a director's point of view is just steer him in the right direction, and mm-hmm. they fucking go off. Like, the shit that happened with uh, with Arkham Rising, like, that was done strictly by trial and error, right? And it yeah. worked. And- well, I mean, it, it was, like I, like I was saying, like, the big thing is, like, it could have been better. Was was it good enough? Yeah, of course. I mean, a oh, lot of people... Obviously like, it, it's interesting, because everyone, like, uh, out of the... The one thing that I thought the one thing I thought everyone was going to criticize is the makeup for that scar for the for the smile. Me too. What everyone ended up criticizing was Steve's voice. voice. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you, you, there's no accounting for taste, right? Some people and it's the internet. You'll you'll yeah. never yeah. please anyone. No. Yeah, like, that guy called me fat. I was, was going to ask you, track the uh, actually uh, while while we have you here, Cody. I was going to ask you of heart and limbs. Your actors was were they actually paraplegics? No. That was yeah. all green screen. And that was, you know, yeah. that was something that, like, you know, when we no, talked about really cool. we talk about, like, yeah, we're going to do a green screen. Like, are you, are you kidding me? You've never done this. was my mm-hmm. first film project. I never even took a camera and messed around with yeah. anything aside from working in school. And it was like, 
you're going to do that? And like, yeah, why not? Like, like, yeah. like your Love willingness to, why not? to try things, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, so, you know, we went and we got, we bought fabric to wrap yep. around. And then I just thought, like, fuck it, let's put socks over the arms. Went to American Apparel, spent yep. like $100 on fucking two pairs of socks. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, just walk out. we went to the wrong store. The Marksford <laughs> Warehouse ones weren't yeah. good enough? <laughs> well, like, it was a shade of green. Right? Oh, yeah, because American certain... Apparel is kind of douchey with yeah. the fact that, like, need the color. they've yeah. got all these weird fucked up colors. And for uh, so we got it, and then that we did we did a couple tests, yep. and our um, our guy who did our visual effects, who also did it for Homesick, you know, he on uh, of heart and limbs, he said, you know what, like somebody helped me out a long time ago. I'm going to help you out. I'll do your VFX for free. Yep. So like he did it like within a day, and he does a lot of work for Discovery and stuff. Like, yeah, really talented dude. No, that's great. And you know, he made it look good. He's like, okay, we have to composite some uh, 3D nubs and stuff mm-hmm. like that to put on the ends of the arms. So I was like, cool. But uh, the actor who played the uh, who played Richard yep. is in all those fucking Rogers commercials. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, like that that guy, yes. Yeah. The, the one that never has the phone? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. uh, no, it's, it's, it's the other Rogers commercials, the family ones, where it's like, you know, it's like right now, he like slips on something. And oh, okay, it's, okay, it's okay, really yeah, nice. Yeah. Slips on something, can't get up because he doesn't yeah. have <laughs> So basically, I launched his career is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Richard. No. You owe um, me some kind of cell phone. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Hook me up with a cell phone. Um, so, uh, actually, I'm curious about that. So, what? So, did you guys do two takes for every shot to get the? Yeah, we had to. Uh, and see, that yeah. was the trying thing. Is like I wanted it, you know, stylistically. I wanted it to mm-hmm. be uh, floating. So we wanted like a steady cam, but you can't do that with needing to shoot things yeah. three times identically. So you so, had to go static, eh? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we oh, we had to lock it off, and and we had to shoot. Um, so when he's sitting in his wheelchair, we had to shoot one with him in his wheelchair, just the wheelchair, and then no wheelchair. Yeah. So you can get all three yep. backgrounds. Yep. So I mean, it was. And then you get, yeah, yeah. I, I figured that's what you guys would have had to do, but yeah. like the thing is, like, because uh, for cover, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal it completely yet. We're gonna have to do something like that. Well, and it's I it's gonna be it cool out, if yeah. we can pull this shot off. We we, we just something right. <laughs> I mean, and that's the well, thing. No, I can my, get one. But like, yeah, yeah. I, I, at one point, I worked with green screen because, like, I had. It's funny. Um, uh, as a project, I I had just seen Sin City, and I was like, holy <laughs> shit, I want to do a movie like that. So we, we, we did it, and it's funny because my buddy's like. <laughs> he's like he's like oh, we shoot it and the entire time he's like this is this is not a noir <laughs> but you know you learn right and and like well, Rodriguez could do it that's the shit that makes you learn right like that's how you learn about like how uh how, how what not to do what to do you know the importance of lighting even if yeah. you're doing a noir <laughs> so well yeah that's actually with cover too one of the things I think our lighting is gonna be a not, not so much an issue well what's interesting is like a lot of movies are taking a stance now that they're just doing like natural lighting. Like you, in heart, you can barely tell when something's lit now. Like I, I, I think the only times I really notice it in movies is, um, and and even when they're light, it's not like three point lighting anymore. Like usually in a, on a movie set, they're like, let's light this guy in the background. All of a sudden, yeah. hardly anyone follows that anymore. Now it's just like let's just a put flood. like this floodlight or a kino. Yeah, fuck yeah. Let's just, Like it, it, like Dark Knight Rises <laughs> is such a, an example yeah. of that. You watch the Dark Knight Rises, and it's just like. It looks great, mm. but the thing is, like, you guys did very little in the lighting department for this movie. You know, B- Black Swan, you know, they, Had to save they, do, somewhere. they do both, you know, yeah. really extravagant lighting sequences. Like, that main um, that main dance scene is, is a ton of lighting, yeah. right? And But then, on the other hand, when she's on the, uh, when she's on the um, subway, yep. it's just one kino. Yep. You know, it's like, fuck. 
Kino and natural lighting, like, come on, that's that yeah, sounds well, like a nightmare. <laughs> but I mean, it, the thing it is, it's all about the mood, right? Like, what what mood you're going for in the movie? I was gonna and, say, does it sound like a nightmare just because this is something that a textbook says you can't do? No, I think to me it sounds well, or you know, just from just, past results, just from you know, logistically. Just from, yeah, you know, like oh, okay. you, you you like there's there's formulas yeah. for everything, including lighting. You know, you need to have light here, light here, light here, and then you work from that, and you 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 put on uh, gels and and things like that. So. You know, just see, just hearing one light yeah. is just like Ooh. the thing is like now we're in a you're in a we're we're at a stage right now in terms of technology where like if you shoot on a DSLR uh, as an example, right? Do you really need to put gels on your on your lights? Technically, no. no. You could you could technically do it all in post. Mm-hmm. Now, does it make it easier for post if you know what you're? It's like I'm gonna this is gonna be a really cool like cold colored movie like you know 500k or 5000k and but if you have that done ahead of time it's going to save you a lot of time in the editing room as opposed to like doing yeah. it in post right yeah. but do you need to do it not necessarily more like i mean remember you guys what is it i put zach on setting up that light and he sets it up and it's just like Dude, we didn't even fucking it. use it yeah, no, he was just like, Fuck. <laughs> well i mean zach, like, you can take that well, lights I, I started I, I looked through the viewfinder and i'm like yeah, this looks dank we're enough. We're well lit, yeah. Well, like, we're, we're lit for the environment, yeah. right? Like, we're an institution, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, are we really going to be focusing on a lot of people's faces? No. No. And it's just, I don't know, I, I love hearing these stories of projects come together. Like, what you're saying with how you went out and you... I, I still want to hear a few more of these horror stories, but about how you went out and met all these people, found your contacts in the business, and now you might have a crew for life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I love hearing about that. I love uh, hearing about... Collaborative team, yeah. Collaborative team. I love hearing about how we're kind of developing on our own up here as a group from from one right well, under your direction because you're the one that's got the most experience out of well i mean us. like the, the big thing i was gonna say is just like it, the, we need our, within our group we need more people that want to do their own project like i mean i'm 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 happy that everyone wants to work on my projects but i have no problem helping other people with ideas that they have right and mm-hmm. like i hope that you guys are kind of like starting to think of like man i want to do this and i want to do that right like my own little project i'd be happy to help you guys out like because the idea is like we want to because then you start making your movies and you start bringing in other creative people and you know the idea is to kind of form a form a group right like mm-hmm. form like not just a, a singular group but several different groups making movies cuz like we've we've quote unquote lost so many talented filmmakers yeah. like Cody is no longer living in Fort Murray we've got Mike Mag- Mike uh, McLaughlin Arlen uh, Kanapaki uh, Ryan Byrne all these people are like left Jesse Nash th- left exactly and, like, and all these people very talented people that like they and like it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing that they left but the no. thing but the thing is everyone moves on we need we need to make like for a community that has so much resources we need to be able to and, and you know the big argument right now is like there's not enough arts in Fort Murray then why don't we try to make it like a film community try to make thing, some right? yeah and why not right yeah <laughs> well you gotta start somewhere and I think that's what we're doing with the Fort Murray Filmmakers Association is well hopefully starting from the ground up right or at least give us some foundation you know I'd like to you know in, I mean um, I believe the new high school uh, has a film program yeah uh, oh yeah the know, Holy Trinity yeah, yeah. Um, some of their work well, Holy Trinity is an, wow. it, it, like is an amazing like they got their theater is fantastic. Yes, they have, right? they have and they're dubbed the and arts, they even like right? their 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 teachers even dub themselves as a performing arts right. school. 
So I think that's a pretty good foundation there when when you have like the school, high school's in its second year and you already got everyone saying yes we are performing at our school that's what we stand for yeah you know damn well I think you're going to be pretty uh, it's going to be easily obtainable to get the yeah resources that, that they facility need. is pretty awesome though the the, the, the new high gorgeous, school man. yeah yeah and, and I'm hoping that like I'm hoping because like we spoke with what's his name um he's one of the teachers there but he was like involved with the photography class Steve, of, yeah. yeah yeah and like that's Mr. awesome Steve. God man I wish we had that when we were <laughs> oh, I know. In high school. Yeah. big time I, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, gone are the days of having because you feel like you're behind, right? right? You, you go to university and stuff, and everyone's already like at a higher level than mm-hmm. you because they had. Like, oh yeah, we had we had a filmmaking program in my high school. I'm like, yeah, we we had like Fridays with like VHS player. Stuff <laughs> <laughs> to sound. Okay, what are you gonna do when you graduate uh, grade twelve? Well, for the last four years, I've been dicking around with this camera. Let me speed up. I might yeah. want to go to film school. I might want to expand my horizons in the film industry. Right? Well, that, I mean, for me, I mean, that wasn't... I never thought about it. I mean, when I saw Gummo, which was like yeah. grade nine, maybe, I was like, you know what? I could probably do this. But it never advanced more than that because we never had anything yeah. in school. Even our English class didn't really, yeah. you know, gear you towards creative writing. Plus, uh, the schools were kind of geared towards, like, uh, trades. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, and do you want to be a welder? Well, especially up here, yeah. Rap yeah. And, and there's, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. No. Yeah. That was for sure. But I wish there was a program like yeah. that for for more creative ventures as well, right? Yeah, because I mean, when when I graduated, I went to Cano. I was looking mm-hmm. forward to fucking spending my whole life out at sight. Mm-hmm. And then you know, uh, my very first day of school, I walked down from Abbasand, you know, waist deep snow. Mm-hmm. And my class was canceled. Then I made my fucking decision <laughs> there to never show up again for that class. And because of the next day, I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll try it again. Same thing happened. I said, fuck yeah. it, never coming back. And I got kicked out. And I was like, okay, I need a backup plan big time. Yeah. And like, what do I love to do? What do I, you know? And uh, you know, I'm a bullshitter all the time. I'm always making up stories. It's like, let's let's let's, let's do it for see a living. how yeah. this works. And yeah. then you know, su- submit my application. Two days later, I'm in. You know, once I sent it, and I worked at the video store at the time. Nice. I was always making. You know, recommendations like, oh man, you gotta watch uh, Natural Born Killers to like thirteen-year-old girls and stuff. <laughs> I, I, I worked at the movie theater, and it made me laugh because like one of my favorite it's movies, Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky, when it came out, I was working in the theater, and like people would come out of the movie and it's like, can you explain that movie to me? I'm like, well, it's up to interpretation. And he's like, I want a refund. I'm like, hey, you watched the movie, man. I can't get your refund. This <laughs> See, gone are those days. Though. That's what yeah. fucking I hate about VOD because like I, I remember conversing with the fucking Rogers video guys all the time. They got me to watch that bullshit fucking zombie movie with Billy Zane in it. Oh, I can't remember what Billy it's called. Billy Zane zombie movie? Yeah. Lord. It's really fucking stupid. And how he marketed it, he's just like, check out this zombie movie. And it was, I can't remember the, what it was named. And it was just like, it stars Billy Zane. I'm like, who's Billy Zane again? He's like, guy from Titanic. The dick from Titanic. <laughs> I'm like, so, give me here. And great fucking movie. Total B bullshit. I gotta look it up now. I'm curious what it is. I like him in, uh, my favorite Billy Zane role is uh, Demon Knight. He's uh, he's the Demon Knight. Have you seen that one, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight? Nah. Oh right, the, the, the Tales from the Crypt. We watched that, that for the the fuck. Yeah. I love Halloween movies, man. Yeah. Can we have film fear? Let's just have film fear like fucking month after month yeah. after month. Well, I mean, the, uh, Edmonton's doing that right now. They do the Dead Fest monthly. They do horror movies every month. And the House of Heathens guys, those guys, fuck, those guys are so talented. If you guys are listening, whoever's listening to this, go to House of Heathens on Facebook. They they make like these short horror movies out of like this video store, occult video store in uh, Edmonton, and they're all based around movies that they like and shit. It's so fucking good, man. Is it like for their budget? Like they they just got like a small point and shoot uh, video camera and they and just like really creative guys. And there's this really awesome bit where this guy's like a video cassette gets like morphed onto his face and shit. <laughs> it's awesome shit. Okay, so let's wrap this up. The um, any some final th- final thoughts? Anybody? Cody. 
Uh, firstly, thanks for having me on. Long-time listener, first-time guest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Fort McMurray, man, try things. I mean, you don't have to leave town to, to get an education. You have resources here. People who are willing to help you out. Uh, and, you know, there's always people who will believe in you. Um, and that's the A number one, I find. You need to have somebody who believes in your work and uh, wants you to try to do something. So I'm really, I, you know, I'm a big advocate of leaving town to get educated. But, I mean, the resources are here. Pursue it, you know. Not saying that wasting your life out in sight, you know, that's that, that is just a that funds your your means your right like, yeah. yeah and i have no problem with that but you know just just don't be afraid to try things there's there's so many people here that um are, are not utilizing their skills and i mean for me coming back to fort mcmurray geez even just for this amount of time i'm seeing so much wrong with it and it's like let's get let's get the good back let's get yeah. you know more things like this and mm. you know as i said i'm a long time fan especially of you guys and really respect your works and the things you do and I, I hope you guys continue and and uh, I know you will so there's no worries there and cool. you'll always have a fan in me cool, <laughs> cool man um, actually you took the words right out of my mouth um, uh, I've wanted Cody to be on the podcast for a while now because um, uh, I'm a big fan of your work actually uh, you. honestly I was uh, when Doug for, when I first met you through my brother because you're friends with my brother Doug he's like yeah he makes movies <laughs> he makes movies yeah I know he, he's the man who shall not be named yeah he, he uh, yeah and then uh, and then I saw your your uh, of heart and limbs and I'm like holy shit this guy's really talented and yeah and like uh, then you and I started talking and stuff and it's really cool because like the thing is um, uh, it's it's cool knowing that there's kindred spirits out there in terms of like we, we might not make the same type of movies but we're in the, like the fact that it is, it's, it's, it's cool because I'm like I'm the biggest fanboy of all my friends that make movies like I'm a big fan of Ryan Byrne I'm a big but the thing is like like uh, the thing about Cody is is the fact that like uh, because you're my brother's age I always see you as so much younger (laughs) and I'm just and I'm just like Holy shit! This kid is really fucking good at what he does, <laughs> and honestly, I'm really excited for the stuff that uh, that you've got coming out, man. Like Thank honestly, you. like uh, what you're doing is awesome, and uh, yeah, the, the thing is, you, you, like you say, you you learn from the people around you. I've I've learned a lot from you. So like, and the thing is, and that's kind of weird saying because I'm I'm ta- I'm older than you. But the thing is, like, it, in terms of. It's like it's like I was saying. It's like it's not about how old or, or what type of movies people make and what you want to take from this. The thing is, you can always learn from from people. And the thing is, like uh, Cody Bound is an excellent storyteller. And if you guys haven't seen his work, go check it out. Like not not only that, but like the collaborative efforts that you've done with uh, Lee Van and all that stuff. Really cool stuff, man. Thank I'm like you. I'm really excited to see what you oh, the the stuff that you guys come out with in the coming year. So I really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Um, I've said my piece before. I'll, I'll just reiterate it. To me, uh, I've said it before many times. Uh, like I said, I'll repeat it again. Um, doing this podcast and and having my friendship with Tito opened me to an entire world that I really only thought lived in my head. I've always loved movies. I've always wished to become involved in movies, but it was always in that part of my brain where it's just like, this is your fantasy world. Come back to reality. Get back on course of being a cop and being a paramedic like normal people, and and just live a normal life. Because of my relationship with Tito, I got to do this world that uh, this is all possible. Like I said, seeing films that you've did, seeing films that uh, uh, other people did, like Ryan Byrne, the Tyler McIntyre's, changed my life. And I kid you not, and I'm not saying this just because you guys are sitting at the table with me, it literally has. My life has taken a total different spin from what it was. It's, it could, and I absolutely love this ride. Seeing the type of work that you do, love it. Like the of heart and limbs and. That what you said that night in our little Facebook chats when you said I write from the heart, 
I get goosebumps again just talking about it because that really makes me feel excited for your projects because I want to see these come through because I, I don't even have to, to judge them or, or, or look at them with the, or critique that. Not like I would anyway, but I know this is going to be a kick-ass fucking project and I can't wait to see them. Loved of heart and limbs. Can't wait for Homesick. Can't wait to see uh, a Homesick and I can't wait to see your other projects. It's a beautiful looking movie, man. I'm really excited for it. Thank the, you uh, and I'm just thankful, like I said, thankful for being involved, getting involved in this world that I once thought was just strictly a fantasy, right? Um... On that note, uh, I think we're done. Yep. Done jerking. What, what is it? Circle jerk. <laughs> jump, jump, jump or jerk each other off. Uh, now we got to get some napkins to like wipe <laughs> off our faces. Uh, soggy cracker. Uh, so for the YMM podcast, I'm Totsky. I'm Tito. I'm Cody. I'll see you next set. YMM Podcast is a T-Man Entertainment production. In association with Hyperphotonic Media. Find us at hyperphotonicmedia.com. Oh, fuck. <laughs>